You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> What's up, buddy? David, how are you? I'm good, man. What's going on? So you know how when you call someone or you you pull up a contact on an iPhone, it shows you the latest pictures that you have shared in your yeah. your iMessages? Right, right. Our first three, two of them are Twin Peaks and one of them is Dylan from 90210. So we're That's doing perfect. something right. That's exactly what we are. Hey, ra- other random thing this morning, I uh, the the theme song from The Nanny popped into my head. Mm, that's not the one that's in my repertoire. Yeah. I think, you know, producer Katie has been out of town on business this week, and I think it's a, the first sign of madness. I'm just, I'm stir crazy. <laughs> uh, this is Locked On Hornets. What's that? What? What? You, you've got a little you time, a little Dougie time, if you will. Yeah, a lot of House of Cards time. I'm catching up on all the things. See, I, the thing is, like, I, I don't mind participating in anything that producer Katie watches because I have the freedom to do other things, like um, you know, mess around on my phone or whatever, uh, you know, research for the show while we're watching Bachelor or whatever. But if if I see, I'm the opposite though. When I have Katie watch something, I want her to be invested. Exactly. I'm invested in her being invested, whereas she doesn't have that same kind of attachment. She just, she's she's sweet and wonderful and just wants me to be around her. I'm demanding and selfish. <laughs> That's how I was actually uh, Sunday night with Game of Thrones, who I was watching it with, with, with my wife um, for the first time. So there was a lot of questions, which I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I had answers to some of those, uh, like, who is that person? Sometimes I knew, sometimes I didn't know. Um, but yeah, it's the same way. So, um, I, maybe that's just, I don't know. Maybe that's just how we are. Listen, we want people to there is this. going to be a quiz after this, and I need you to know the difference between Tyrion and, I don't know. I haven't watched Game of Thrones in a while. I wanted to throw <laughs> another name in there, but it would have been All disingenuous. Right. Okay. This, <laughs> this is locked on Hornets and it's the summer. So, you know, you, you can already tell we're a little loose around the goose, uh, This is your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnHornets. I'm Doug Branson. I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. And David, we have a name for our future MJ segments. We asked uh, fans to vote and uh, give us their submissions. Loved all of the submissions that we got, including the one that made me realize we didn't even scratch the surface of the ceiling is the roof territory for name oh. ideas for our MJ. I mean, we didn't, we were so stuck on air. We couldn't. It's hard to get off it. Yeah. But I had to go with the people who voted on this one, the people, I listened to the people, and an overwhelming majority selected in fairness to his airness, and that was the one uh, that popped into my head first, and I think you should always go with your gut. You should never mm-hmm. think beyond your gut. There you have it. Was that that's yours? Was that one of yours? It was. It was my first one. Yeah. Don't try oh, to, that's a good one. Try to take that's credit for. One. Don't try to take credit for mine. It was definitely wasn't mine. That was a good one. I like that. Maybe I just wasn't aware. Maybe I was too busy thinking of my own. I like that. 
We've got a couple things on the docket for this episode, David. First, uh, well, you know what? Here's the thing. It's a summertime, so we don't even have to go in order. So here are the three. I'm going to lay out the three things, David, and then you decide which one you want to do first. So we've got some new rules in the NBA for next season that we need to talk about. We have Dave Gettleman, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, getting fired. And we we have some thoughts about that and how it relates uh, to Rich Cho and the, the Charlotte Hornets. And then we've got a game of this or that. This or that's kind of like dessert. We may want to save dessert till the end. Yeah, let's knock out these rules. Let's let's eat our vegetables. Okay, time for the broccoli. Last week, the NBA Board of Governors met and approved new rule changes proposed by the competition committee that uh, focused on improving pace of play. David, they finally heard your cries for help. Uh, let's let's sort of tackle these. I guess I've got the rules here in front of me, which is just kind of go down the list and then talk about them as as we get uh, to them. So each team is going to have seven timeouts per game with no restrictions per half. And that's different from last season uh, that had 18 timeouts, and I believe they were restricted by half, now down to 14. And all team timeouts will be 75 seconds. So, you know, before you had like full timeouts and then 20-second timeouts, but the 20-second timeouts weren't really 20-second timeouts. They were actually yeah. 60 seconds because, you know, no commercial break lasts 20 seconds. It's ridiculous. So, uh, David, are you happy with the timeout changes? Yeah, I mean, I think they're fine. I think they needed to reduce them. Um, I'm all for a pace of play, speeding that up, so that's good. Um, I do like – what was the one in particular – I think taking away one of the overtime timeouts makes sense too. I can't believe they had three timeouts for overtime. Um, and and the big thing was right, like trying to get those, like the under two minutes, right, like trying to speed up the end of these games. Yeah. I think was the big so thing around so, this. so no matter how many timeouts you have left at the end of the game, you are restricted to two timeouts under. To, uh, let's see, each team will be limited to two team timeouts after the later of, this is a, it's like a legal it's, document, yeah, uh, Section yeah. A, uh, Clause 13 states that, um, okay, so you'll have two timeouts at the later of the three-minute mark of the fourth period or the resumption of play after the second mandatory timeout of the fourth period, which is essentially under three. Yeah. Because they okay. changed that as well. You know, they had these mandatory media timeouts – so they got rid of one of those as well. The under nine minute mandatory timeout from the second and fourth period, that's gone. Now all four periods will just have the two mandatory timeouts that take place under seven and under three. So it, it did eliminate a lot of timeouts, which I'm sure David won't uh, won't go over crazy well with coaches, but they've tried some of this stuff in the D League and it seemed to help pace of play. Yeah, I didn't see anything in there about, you know, replay, uh, which was a big sticking point uh, for me. And I know for a lot of other people watching these games, these replays, these constant reviews of stuff, they I think they still have to cut into some of that. Like, um, it's just taking way too long and it's it's going on for, for – it's taking up too much of the game. So I don't know if any of that will take um, effect in here. Some of these other changes, though, that I don't think they will pay attention to once we get past the preseason, this one about – uh, delay of game violation if a free throw shooter ventures who beyond did that? the three point line. <laughs> who did, I tried to look into it. Like who did that? 
I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see that one sticking. I mean, they may do it early on, but if somebody walks out to the three point line and it's like a two point game and, you know, or a one point game, you know, deciding game or something come down to the end. Are they really, what is a delay of game? We're trying to dap it up with the guards, you know, it's a good little long range dap. I guess we'll see. Uh, Well, what about, so if I think there's no question that so much of this is about, the television viewer, and I think nothing illustrates that more than this rule change. Halftime will last 15 minutes for all games, yeah. beginning immediately upon expiration of the second period, and a Ooh. delay of game penalty will be issued if a team is not ready to start at the expiration of the clock. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's all about that's all about the TV. Well, they, like, let's get this they're going. They're trying to get this thing. They're trying to get like a two-hour window, right? Or is it two hours? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. Give or take, but they don't want to have it going into you know two and a half. It was, hours, yeah. Some of the games leak past two and a half hours, and that's when you yeah. go, okay, this is getting this is getting a little bit ridiculous. But so fifteen minutes, that's a, that's not a lot of time. I mean, if it's a crowded game, you got to get to the to the loo. You got to clear this. Oh well, yeah, that's it's tough. It's tough for the. I'm saying down. it's tough for the in arena fan, but the TV mm-hmm. fan will definitely appreciate the 15 minute. You got to plan. That's why. That's why you got to get up at that two minute timeout or the under three now, right? It's, that's it's when true. you got to make your break. You, yeah, you if do. you want time to get nachos and release the valve, then <laughs> final More rule tips. change. Final rule change. This is a big one, David, and it, it has it has to do with the All Star Game. So I know you're 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 perking up here. Mm-hmm. They are moving the trade deadline from the Thursday mm-hmm. after the NBA All Star Game to the Thursday ten days before. <laughs> so much math. What are you That's doing, right. Board of Governors? Gotta get a damn calculator. Um, Thursday ten days before the All Star Game. So now it's before. Just just say it's before the All Star Game. Right. It's before the All Star Game. We'll tell you. you know, the, we'll I tell you the date this. when it comes up. But it's before the All Star Game. I like this because now you have all the trade talk around the all-star talk around the all-star weekend. It's just more stuff to talk about. It could get crowded, but it does make, it kind of makes sense because you had guys going into all-star break, not knowing where they would, you know, end up after it was over. And stuff DeMarcus like that. Cousins so, I mean, being the big, yeah. like, well, DeMarcus Cousins got, they wanted to avoid this situation. They explicitly said it. Well, they said to avoid the disruptions that results from players joining new teams as practice gets going. But really, I think it's about avoiding the DeMarcus Cousins situation from last season, where he was traded while he was <laughs> while he was in New Orleans for the All Star game and had to learn yeah. from the media. It just doesn't seem. It seems I'm dropping I'm dropping some words here. It seems uncouth. Well, won't that be weird? Like the first time an All Star gets traded ten days before, like he's played the whole season, and that's where he's earned his All Star bid in said city, and then. Just shows up in wherever the All Star Game is, representing an entirely new team. It's I think it's weird. it's happened rarely, but I I think it happened with. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I, I was reading, and I may get the names wrong here, but I think it happened with Allen Iverson and Chauncey Billups when Allen Iverson was playing with the Nuggets, and they swapped him for Chauncey, or vice versa. I don't know. But anyway, they were both all-stars and they had to play on opposite. It was opposite conferences. So they, they yeah, were both, pl- they were both on the before, bench, yeah. You're right. You're but right. at the same time, and, and you know, I think that's going to be rare. So I don't think they're as concerned with that. And that will, that will be an extra storyline and see, that's an interesting storyline. 
that's kind of a cool wrinkle. Whereas having DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he got traded from the media and it, and it being sort of an embarrassing deal, that's less. That's less flattering. That's a that's a was less it, interesting storyline. Yeah, wasn't that like after the was it was the night of the All Star game? I'm trying to think back. I Man, it was right after it, right? Yeah, the cousins found out. I don't know that's what crazy. day it was on. Now you're <laughs> yeah. see you're, you're making me break my calculator out again and my and my calendar. Your abacus. Okay. Hey. I want to take a quick, quick second to tell you about something we've started here on Locked On Hornets. It's a way for you to get access to more Hornets content, more Locked On Hornets content, and support this show. Help keep our hive alive, and it's only a buck a month. Patreon.com slash LOH. Get ex- it's called Patreon. Patreon.com slash LOH. Get exclusive interviews and access to content before anyone else. Check it out. Patreon.com slash LOH. And thanks. Surprising news out of Pantherland. There's no uh, Locked On Panthers is still on hiatus, so we're picking up the slack here. This is Locked On Panthers. Dave Gettleman, <laughs> the Panthers general manager since 20 of 13, got the axe just days before the ha- the Panthers head to camp. It seems there's a lot of turmoil going on behind the scenes at Bank of America Stadium. It makes the Hornets seem extremely calm and functional by comparison, David. Hornets general manager Rich Cho, though, is operating without an extension, and there are a lot of questions about what would need to happen for Rich Cho to see his vision out past this season. Charlotte hasn't known a world without Cho or Gettleman since 2010. David, first, what did you think about the Gettleman firing? Surprising. Obviously, I mean, I keep up with the Panthers, as we all do around here, so it's kind of crazy to hear just how far apart the two sides were, and I'm talking about like Jerry Richardson and and, and one side of the culture over there, and then how Dave Gettleman was running things. I mean, I think that's what this comes down to and what makes it different. One of the things that makes it different from what's going on with the Hornets is the Hornets, as a front office and a coaching staff, really seem to be on the same page as far as what they're trying to accomplish. You know, some of the moves they make um, may be in an effort uh, or may not – they may not all be on the same page exactly with every player move, but I think it's in an effort to do things in a similar fashion. Whereas, you know, uh, Gettleman and I think the specific release of, you know, several former star players, how he's handled some of these other players right now, like Greg Olson and Thomas Davis that are looking at at extensions and just the family culture that Jerry Richardson has tried to foster, um, you know, they kind of they kind of contradicted each other or they kind of went against what uh, the other side was trying to do. So I think that's where this whole thing reached a boiling point for them. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Right. Like. The way he was handling things, the way he was treating some of the guys on their way out wasn't the type of, uh, of of treatment that Jerry Richardson liked. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. They weren't on the same page. But the problem is, and this is what a, the, the contingent that is upset with this move would say to that, David, is that you hired Dave Gettleman as a reaction to Marty Herney. Who was all about? But that's different. Doling yeah, but out. That's, that was that was money. That was money. And I mean, I don't think he had a problem with. But 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 what boots. I'm saying is, you want you wanted a guy that was a little cold blooded, mm-hmm. that yeah. that would that would you know cut bait, that wasn't afraid to put passions aside for the good yeah. of the team, and it resulted in victories on the field. Like you can't look at this firing and go, well, you know, they didn't do enough, although. They were six and ten last year. I will say this: when you 
when you operate like Dave Gettleman did, and you're 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 a little bit cutthroat, you're a little bit cold blooded, and and former players are going to blast you on social media and call you a snake and all yep. that. It's great. It's great when you're winning. Exactly. But as soon as you trip and fall, then all then all of a sudden people have knives. Hey, hey where'd you get that knife from? All of a yeah, sudden, I mean, exactly. people are out for you. That Super Bowl trip can, you know, take you a long way, right? But I think a lot of the things that happened after that, like the Josh Norman situation, was handled in a bizarre way. <sighs> um, even though, like I said, like a lot of these moves, you could throw Norman there if you want to. D'Angelo Williams, um, the release of some of these guys that were past their prime a little bit, probably was the right thing to do. But I just don't think Jerry Richardson is ever going to sit. It's never going to sit well with Jerry Richardson to have former players out here saying they're ne- they're not going to sign with the Panthers. If the right? team like is D'Angelo losing, Williams. that's the that's the huge. Well, you got to put mean, that. Maybe. That's the asterisk. Like Jerry Richardson that's, was fine with it when the team was going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Jerry Richardson not so fine with it when they're six and ten. And there's a there's a lot of talk on sports radio this morning about. Ownership meddling. I turned my I turned my dial. Oh, I still Lord. have a radio with a dial. I turned the dial, and and the first thing I heard was Charlotte sports owner meddling, and it wasn't Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, I know, isn't that crazy? And and like Doug, I'm not saying that was the right thing or one way it was the, the right timing. Way to do right? It we haven't talked about like the, the timing, timing of is it. Weird. Is, is it, that that's what I think has a lot of people. With with uh, that are that are really upset about this is the timing a, of it. Well, apparently, a lot of people over there thought that he may get fired after the season or or before the season, but it had kind of gotten past the point of no return. You know, with training camp so close, so it's it is surprising, and especially since um, I guess like the I'm going to butcher this, the, like the assistant GM, right? He went to Buffalo, Brandon Bean, and so they yeah, so they didn't really have a guy waiting in the wings, but. I don't know. I mean, it's it's very obviously there was a, a culture clash, and you, yeah, Gettleman did a lot of good things. He cleaned up a lot of mess, and it was the polar opposite, obviously, in a lot of ways from Herney and the former regime. So you got to wonder which way they're going to go at this point because he did do a lot of things right, but there, you know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a hundred percent. You know, every every move wasn't the right one. There were some mm-hmm. eyebrow raising moves, but you know, you go to the Super Bowl, you have success in the conference. Um, I think Cam Newton <laughs> had a lot to do with that Super Bowl run too. So um, it's uh, it is pretty crazy um, to start training camp right now and and not have that guy in place. Okay, so let's take our locked on Panthers hats off. By the way, locked on Panthers is going to go. come back. It's it's just sleeping right now. It's going to wake up and it's going to be a big deal. So stay tuned for that. But putting the locked on Hornets hat back on. How are the circumstances around the Gettleman situation similar and how are they different than, and not, not the fight, because obviously Rich Cho is still employed, but just the, the situations around the two general managers, how are they similar and different, do you think? I mean, I think you saw some similarities. And I, just, I think it's such a unique situation over there with some of the players involved, first of all, like, you said it too. Uh, Cho has not had to make a, a super tough decision on, you know, star to close to star players that have been fan favorites, right? Like that's coming up, but he hasn't really had to do that as of yet. And I just don't think. Well, and some of it is that the player, comparable. the star players that the Hornets have had have have let not let him off the hook, but have been, but it's been easy. Like I think the Kimball Walker 
extension mm. was surprisingly easy. The Michael Kidd Gilchrist extension, there were extenuating circumstances there, I think. His market value uh, was a little tough to gauge because of his injury history. But yeah. n- neither of these players really tested the market. They haven't had a star player in Rich Show's tenure really be, uh, except for Nick Batum. That's the Batum, big one, I guess. And, and, and they, and they went early, and 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 that was, and and that really wasn't the same because Nick Batum was not necessarily a fan favorite. It wasn't a right. Greg well, Olson, Thomas thing. Davis, Josh like, Norman situation. Yeah, and I think some of the Hornets could walk down streets in Charlotte in their Hornets uniform, dribbling a basketball, and some people <laughs> might not recognize who they are, right? And like, and like everyone knows D'Angelo. Hey, you work for the team. <laughs> with Big Pat behind him, like announcing his uh, you know, starting lineup. <laughs> Nick Batum, too. <laughs> uh, so that's another side of it. Uh, it's just, it's it's different. Football and basketball are a little different. I think this is still a Panthers town, first and foremost, right? I mean, NFL is so massive. So, and they've had the success. I mean, you go to the Super Bowl, two Super Bowls and, and stuff like that, and, you, and you've got that behind you. It's just different. Let me, let me tell you why it's similar and why it's different. Okay, first of all, it's similar because I think that you have a lot of passion seep in when a team with concrete playoff expectations misses the mark. And I think that's that's part of the reason I believe that Rich Cho did not get that extension. And I think it's part of the reason that Dave Gettleman is no longer employed with the Carolina Panthers. And when you have those expectations at the playoffs and they're not met, then suddenly... There's, like I said, knives come out. Um, I think it's different, though, in that so much of this stuff around Gettleman seems to be openly personal between owner and general manager mm-hmm. and general manager and player. And as you mm-hmm. said, you know, there haven't been a, 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 a. We were trying to think the other night about what players have come out and, and really spoken ill of Rich Cho or the organization in general. And really, the only one I could kind of come up with was Mo Williams, who was not happy with how his exit occurred uh, when when he was subbing in for Kemba Walker, and then Kemba Walker came back, and they they you know it was just, it was just weird. And I really you know Rich Cho comes in 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 2011, and they were you know they were going to make that deal that sent Stephen Jackson away. I think regardless of whether they had hired Rich Cho or not, so I don't really count Stephen Jackson being upset with that whole situation. I think he was upset with a lot of parties, but not, I don't think that was a rich show thing. I just really couldn't think of any animosity and we haven't really seen any animosity between general management and ownership necessarily, or at least it hasn't been open. It hasn't been public. It hasn't been reported. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. The triumphant of Jordan Clifford and Cho usually seem to be on the same page. I mean, I brought up some of the decisions like the Plumley thing is always a head scratcher because it feels like that one was made just because they had to make a move to try and get back into the playoffs. And looking back on it, I'm not sure Clifford was too fond of that because all he did, <laughs> you know, from the day he got here was talk about how out of shape he was. And then, of course, that did not turn out well for anyone. But um, for the most part, right, they seem to be on the same page with the type of guys they bring in um, and the way they want to go. And like I said, that's, that doesn't seem to be the case over there at the Panthers, or it didn't at least until yesterday. And, and Rich Cho, remember, actually like won a philosophical fight with the owner in 2014 when Rod Higgins was removed. Because uh, yeah. uh, originally, when Cho was hired, 
Higgins, the general sure. manager at the time, was moved to president of basketball operations. And when Higgins wanted to be more involved in in player personnel decisions, Jordan made the call and said, no, Rich Cho is a general manager. And then Higgins left. So Rich Cho won that fight. Yeah. Whereas Gettleman, well, you know, yeah. certainly Gettleman made decisions and, and those decisions were well, honored, but they yeah. weren't necessarily respected by Jerry Richardson, who, as you said, is is really focused on that that family, that Panther family. Yeah, he wants that brand out there. But you're right. But I mean, it always comes back to winning, right? Like if he'd won the Super Bowl two years ago or gotten back into the playoffs last year, not sure if this goes down this way. But what are the chances? I mentioned I just dropped my just dropped my pen. What are the chances that I drop my pen? You know, the chances that I drop something every show is pretty much 100 percent coffee, pen, a thought. (sighs) Okay, what are the chances? I mentioned this at the at the top of this segment that uh, we haven't been Cho and Gettleman lists in Charlotte since 2011, 2010. So what are the chances that after this season in 2018, we are Cho and, and Gettleman lists? I think if they made the playoffs, which they by all accounts should in this East, that Cho will stick around. So I think it's, it's highly unlikely that they're both gone. There you go. Uh, that wasn't, you didn't give me a percentage, but I think that's the right train of uh, thought. I'm, you, you asked me to put like a 0% chance the Hornets don't make a playoffs out there in July. <laughs> yes. I want no, you to be Vegas. You. Give me, give me some <laughs> predictions here. Oh, I think he's 95%. You have to make, safe. you have to make choices, go. David. And that's, that's what choices. 95%. 95%. That's what this next segment is all about. Choices. It's called this or that. You can get with this. You can get with that. Okay. This is how this is going to go. Real simple, David. We're going to give you a this and a that, and you have to pick one. Okay. Mm. Are we clear? Let's do it. This is playing Rich Cho in ping pong. You saw the video earlier this week, or if you didn't, uh, check out at thehive.com. They wrote up an article about it. Rich Cho uh, dominating in ping pong in uh, Vegas for those uh, NBA meetings and won mm-hmm. a championship. Apparently, it was his second. So that's this or that playing Michael Jordan in blackjack. Famously dominated the blackjack games on Chicago road games in the air. Yeah. Yeah. MJ has crushed souls much stronger than mine. So I'm going to take play Rich Cho and Ping Pong uh, every day of the week. <laughs> Not souls. He's crushed wallets. Well, of rich men. Yeah. Yeah. There was no money. And that's the thing. There was probably no money exchanged in those ping pong games. So you might no, you might be down, not. you know, you might be you might lose some ego. Now when we say playing MJ and Blackjack, is like, am I the dealer? Is he <laughs> dealing? Like is it or he'll, am still I, am beat I, you. he'll still be now, now if I'm at the same table, if I'm just at the same table with him, which I think might be more appealing, that might be fun. If I'm just, you know, sitting at the table with him, then I'd be nervous I would mess up the you Sir, know, the you have to play a hand. Jeez. You can't just sit and stare at Mr. Jordan. Don't look at him. Don't look at him. <laughs> All right, this this is an actual basketball one, David. This is Michael Kidd Gilchrist plays 50% or more of the regular season. That is Dwight Howard playing 50% or more of the regular season. You can only choose one. This or yeah, that. Yeah, this one's, 
this one seemed hard, but I think it's actually an easy one because we've seen what happens when MKG plays 50% or less, and they can actually get by. But I think Dwight Howard is such an interesting piece to this team and is going to add something that they haven't had in so long. I need him on the floor, so I'm going to go with Dwight Howard plays 50% or more. See, I think that that there are some people out there listening right now that say, wait a minute, the obvious answer is Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, mainly because of the depth that you assume they'll have at the center position with Cody Zeller. If Dwight Howard mm-hmm. were to miss extended time, you would have depth at that position, whereas at MKG's position, you know, behind him is Jeremy Lamb and Trevion Graham. But it's true. It's true. But, David, this isn't as obvious as it was several years ago before he was injured in 2015. Before that time, the Hornets had only won 30% of the games that he missed. So when he went down in 2015, there was a lot of talk about a lost season already. Uh, But instead, they put together a 48-win season on the backs of P.J. Hairston and Courtney Lee, who stepped in for Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. So there were some questions there. And then last season, he played nearly every game, and the Hornets disappointed. Now, admittedly, that's a lot of anecdotal evidence. You don't want to put all of that on one player. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, you know, it it doesn't come and go on Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. But I don't think it's a coincidence that they were, that they won without him while shooting the three ball well two seasons ago and couldn't win with him on on the floor when they didn't. There's a lot of, I think, floor spacing issues there. And I think when MKG's offensive limitations have been criticized in the past, We've often talked about we often talked about his impacts on the boards, both defensive and offensive. But if he's playing with Dwight Howard, a lot of that oxygen underneath the rim is going to get sucked up, and that could open MKG to get out onto the break more, which could help his offense or highlight his offensive limitations even more. Pending that it doesn't improve uh, with his new with his new shot doctor, so a lot of questions there, David. So I think this is a tough one. This is a tougher one than I even initially thought. And I made it up. Yeah, that's a difficult one. But a tricky one, too. MKG is so important. This is Twin Peaks. That is Game of Thrones. You are are a big fan of both. (sighs) Yeah. Now, this one was a doozy, Doug, but it came down to me, uh, for me, ultimately to this. You tell me if I'm missing out on something, but I tend to, I've been started to fast forward through the last six or seven minutes, which of Twin Peaks, which is, you know, just the, uh, the band, it's just a whatever, band, it's just a band, band playing. playing a song. <laughs> so that was the deciding <sighs> factor for me. If I'm fast forwarding through the last six to seven minutes of a show, um, I'm going to have to lean towards. The, the Thrones on this one, I think. So, okay, you, uh, you know my take on Game of Thrones, that I quit several seasons ago because essentially, like, it's too dark. Like, the world is already pretty dark and cynical as it is. I, I can't deal with the the uh, evil people always winning. I just can't. It's, I'm, I'm about to give up on House of Cards, too. I've been trying to catch up, and Oof, I, yeah, I'm pretty sick of yeah. that, too. Um, but... Here, I just I want to take this opportunity just to uh, just just to air out some frustrations I'm having with Twin Peaks right now. No spoilers, um, but I feel like it's if anyone out there is a Community fan and they watched the sixth season of Community, and it wasn't a great season. And a lot of that I think had to do with the fact that the creator Dan Harmon, uh, they the show had moved to Yahoo, and there were no restrictions, like no. No airtime limits. You know, you didn't have to. You have to pause for commercial break. 
It was just total creative autonomy, creative freedom for Dan Harmon. And the show, I think, suffered because of that. I think something similar is happening with Twin Peaks and David Lynch. Like, David Lynch already wants a lot of autonomy. He already wants, like, full creative freedom. And, and the few limits that were placed on him when Twin Peaks was on network television, I think actually helped rein the show in a little bit. But on Showtime, Twin Peaks is just everywhere. We get 17 new characters per episode. You get six-minute uh, six songs at the end of shows. It's just it's really tough uh, to keep up with. And uh, so for that reason, I guess I'm going Game of Thrones here. Um, and I guess we're out of time. We'll, we'll save the final this or that for the next edition. Hey, I hung up on you. I was just tired of listening to you. Oh, well. Sorry. I thought I know I, I was about <laughs> I to I was I was gonna wrap the show because I thought maybe you had to get to work. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> well, then go. Nobody. It's fine. We can wrap. <laughs> I just I just did my I did my rant on on Twin Peaks. This is good. We, okay. we had a good show. <laughs> my mistake. That was rude. <laughs> All right. Enjoy work, my friend. All right, buddy. Later. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again on Thursday. Walker Mail from the wake-up call on ESPN 730 will be our guest. We're going to basically look back on the offseason that was and look forward to the season that will be. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.